Chapter twenty five of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Asia by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Siam and the Siamese. We have taken a French steamer and have come around Cape Cambodia into the Gulf of Siam and entered the mouth of the Minam River at a few miles south of Bangkok. We are now to visit the Kingdom of Siam which forms the heart of the Indo-Chinese Peninsula. The country is about five times as large as the state of Kentucky, and only a little smaller than Germany or France. It is a land of mountains and valleys, with low plains cut up by rivers which are often joined by canals. Its chief stream is the Minam, with which its tributaries forms a great highway of trade far into the interior. Siam has a tropical climate, with heavy rains from May until November. After the rains, it is cool until March, when the hot weather comes on and everything steams. In some places, the rainfall is enormous, the streams overflow, and in the wet season, much of the country becomes a vast lake. At such times, the people go from village to village and from city to city in boats. The houses are built upon high posts to be out of the water and also on account of the tigers and snakes. There are so many streams that the people live largely upon them. Many have houses afloat, and in Bangkok, the capital, there are tens of thousands who are born, live, and die on these floating houses. The population of Siam is seven or eight millions. They are of the yellow race, and their original home was central and south China, from where their ancestors moved down into Siam. There are several different Siamese tribes, those of the northern part of the country, known as the Laos people, having their own language and customs and being less civilized than those of the south. In the far south are some of the brown race, known as the Malays, who are more like our Filipinos, and in the central part of the country are the pure Siamese. All of these peoples take life more easily than those we have seen in Japan and China. They work less and live largely from hand to mouth. This is due somewhat to the rich soil and tropical climate which supply most of their wants. The weather is such that but little clothing is needed and no fuel is used except for cooking. The streams have fish which are easily caught, and the bananas, coconuts, and mangoes grow without much cultivation. Most of the houses are rude huts of cane and palm leaves, and so man has little incentive to work. The Siamese are a proud people. They are fond of jewelry and of all sorts of display. They consider themselves born gentlemen and show it in their manners. They are clever, but not so energetic as the people of northern Asia, where the climate is cold. As it is, most of the business is done by the Chinese, who have come here in great numbers. The Chinese have little stores in the villages and do the skilled mechanical work of the cities. There are altogether one million of them in Siam, and they form about one-third of the population of Bangkok. Siam has great natural resources. Its moist tropical climate, heavy rainfall, and rich soil fit it for rice, and it raises so much of that grain every year that it could give each man, woman, and child upon earth a pound, and have some to spare. It produces pepper and spices, coffee, tobacco, and cotton. It is setting out plantations of rubber, and we shall have an abundance of bananas, 
oranges and mangoes during our travels the forests are especially valuable siam has more teakwood perhaps than any other country and hundreds of elephants are employed in dragging teak logs to the streams and in aiding the men at the sawmills teak is a very hard wood containing so much oil that it does not rot when in water it is used in shipbuilding wagon making and furniture making and also in machinery in connection with iron and steel it is worth so much that thousands of tons of it in the shape of great rafts are annually floated down to bangkok and exported thence to all parts of the world siam is rich in minerals it has gold iron and zinc and in its southern portions are large deposits of tin it also has beautiful rubies and sapphires as we sail up the minam river in our steamer from saigon we see many floating houses the river is wide and its banks are lined with the tropical jungle there are coconut and other palms whose leaves wave to and fro in the breeze and below them are trees out of which monkeys chatter at us as we go by one species of monkey has long gray silken hair it is a little fellow and its voice is like the cry of a baby we see also parrots and other birds of gay plumage and in one place what at first seems a black log turns to an alligator which crawls down the bank and dives into the stream after forty miles ride we approach bangkok it is a great city lying on both sides of the minam and reaching far back into the country we can see the spires of its temples above the green trees long before we come to it there are suburbs consisting of canals running back from the river with houses floating upon them making each canal look like a street as we come nearer the city the floating houses increase until at last we find thousands of them on each side of us on the wide minam river what queer-looking dwellings they are we can see them plainly as we stand on the deck of the steamer they are built upon rafts so fastened to piles that the houses move up and down with the rise and fall of the tide which is great at this short distance from the gulf of siam the ordinary house is ten or fifteen feet square although many are longer and wider it has a ridge roof and in some dwellings the roof is made in two ridges so that the end looks like a gigantic w turned upside down many of these floating houses have verandas in front of them where the people sit on the floor and where the half-naked little ones play about within a few feet of drowning most of the houses are of but one story and but few of them have more than three or four rooms we can see in as we pass there is hardly any furniture and we look in vain for sofas or beds the people sit on their heels and sleep on the floor as for pillows they use wooden blocks or bundles of stuffed cotton of the size of a brick and almost as hard the cooking is done upon charcoal which is burned in boxes half filled with ashes the houses have no chimneys and the gas from the coal gets out as it can the windows are open holes in the walls and probably there is not a pane of window glass in the whole floating city we land at the wharves and find comfortable quarters in a hotel on the mainland it is on the mainland that the greater part of bangkok is located it runs for ten miles up and down both sides of the river extending far back into the country it has more than one hundred miles of carriage roads and several wide streets upon which electric cars go there are some modern buildings 
rice mills and factories and also temples fine residences and great palaces surrounded by walls the city is like venice in that it is cut up by canals and we cross many bridges as we drive through street after street we are most interested however in the houses afloat and we hire sampans and spend the day riding among them more than one hundred thousand people in bangkok have their homes on the water and spend the greater part of their lives in such homes now and then we see a house being moved from one place to another we are told that each pays a rent for its place on the river and that when its owner becomes dissatisfied he does not need to call in a cart or dray to carry his furniture to another location all that he does is to untie his house from the posts to which it is fastened and hire a boat to tow it up or downstream we find the minam full of craft of all kinds including numerous small boats containing peddlers and shoppers many of the floating houses are stores and a child is often sent in his canoe to buy the supplies of the family we are surprised at the number of boats the river is filled with them and some of the smaller ones are managed by children every family has its canoes and the boys often have canoes of their own we see little fellows rowing boats not more than two feet in width and so long and narrow that the least loss of balance would turn them into the water most of the boys are naked except for a breechcloth and all have learned to swim like so many ducks we observe that much of the river craft is managed by women some row from house to house carrying vegetables rice and trinkets for sale there are freight boats sculled by half-naked women who stand up as they push on the oars and boats carrying merchandise worked by wrinkled old women of sixty the men do but little they loaf smoke and gossip while their wives earn the money required for the family is not this a strange city stop a moment and look at the people they are a short stocky race with yellow skins thick lips and rather flat noses their eyes are almost as slanting as those of the chinese but their features are different their hair is jet black although the aged men and women often have hair white as snow both men and women wear the hair short and it stands straight up like so many bristles all over the head how little clothing they have it is so hot we wish we could dress in the same way for the hot moist air makes us perspire some of the boys and girls are half naked and those under ten years of age have only a piece of twine around the waist to this small charms are fastened to keep off the witches and spirits the little ones believe in such things and would as soon think of leaving off their charms as we would of going out of doors without shirts or trousers even the children of rich people go almost naked i remember once attending a great celebration where i saw a siamese prince of six years strutting about he was clad only in a belt of woven silver about an inch wide and a ring of gold on each of his angles the siamese men of the poorer classes are usually naked to the waist their sole garment being a strip of cotton cloth a yard wide and two yards in length this is wound about the body over the hips one end being pulled from behind through the legs and fastened with a twist at the waist others add a strip of cloth which they throw over their shoulders the rich often wear jackets of cotton or silk in addition to the sarong above described the latter taking the place of our pantaloons 
the siamese women clothe the lower part of the body in much the same way but they usually add a wide band of cloth which they wrap around the body under the arms and fasten in a knot over the chest the babies of all classes wear nothing at all excepting perhaps the yellow powder which their mothers dust over them to keep off the flies and mosquitoes End of chapter 25